Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Capricorn season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 extended year ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead reading. These annual offerings are epic and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundation's course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of my offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all of my season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog, and an audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you would like to support this work, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a great review. Follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now onto your Capricorn season horoscope. Um, I'm going to start actually back in 2023 with the beginning of Capricorn season. Uh, Every new Gregorian calendar year starts with Capricorn at the beginning Um, Capricorn season begins with the December solstice, December 21st. Now I am recording for you on January 4th of 2024. So I'm speaking to the past, uh, in this interpretation, and I'm also speaking to you in the future because I won't be releasing this reading until, uh, next week around the Capricorn new moon. So again, as you listen, listen through the lens of your own intuition, make the meaning that's meaningful for you as you reflect back on Capricorn season. Capricorn season begins December 21st, and the first day of Capricorn season, we have an important event, which is called a Kazemi. I love that word. It is a conjunction with the sun Many planets, all planets, can have a Kazemi moment with the sun. The word means to enter the heart of the sun. What a beautiful image. Mercury is the planet 
that gets to Kazemi most often. Um, Mercury is the closest planet to the sun. Its orbit is about 80 days. And because of this, because of our relationship to the sun and to Mercury, the uh, difference in orbital speeds of Earth and Mercury, we experience frequent retrograde periods with Mercury. Retrograde is a visual phenomena. It is uh, what happens kind of like when you are in a car next to a train and you're moving faster than the train, but both the car and the train are moving in the same direction. But because you're moving faster, you're passing the train and then it looks like the train is going backwards. That's a metaphor for retrograde motion. So we begin Capricorn season and Mercury is retrograde. It is between the sun and the earth. It's the closest that it will come to the earth and it is forming its Kazemi. This is an important moment in a Mercury retrograde cycle. And the symbol of the retrograde Kazemi is one of uh, kind of a spark of a new idea. And this new idea is impressed upon consciousness, but it is not yet mature. It has not yet been realized in its full form. We have not done any research on the idea yet. And there is a considerable amount of forethought that we probably would like to engage. The Mercury Kazemi happens at the very first degree of Capricorn and then it retrogrades back into Sagittarius, your fellow fire sign. So I'll talk about Mercury and Sagittarius in a moment, but I'm going to stay with this Kazemi uh, now and offer that as we begin Capricorn season, there is a new idea sparking in your consciousness, and it is sparking in the place that Capricorn represents in the Leo solar chart, which is called the sixth house. The sixth house is perhaps one of the most challenging places to be in an astrology chart. It is a place of frustration and failure. It is a place of labor and uh, maybe even servitude or enslavement. It is a place where we are bound and tethered to the conditions of our mortality and the requirements of life on earth, which definitely include requirements of aging and illness and injury and things breaking down. Life on earth is challenging. It is full of suffering. And fairness or justice as humans conceive of it is frequently not what actually happens. Universal uh, justice or scales of justice are beyond human conceptions, I think. I think the universe is working on much bigger timelines than we are in our lifetimes. So when we are thinking about the sixth house, we need to think about challenge. We need to think about labor. We need to think about the many details of how you make your life functional and efficient or effective 
We are thinking about your self-care and experiences of well-being. And we are also thinking about the many components that will shape and potentially dictate your experiences of well-being. And that definitely includes a lot of things that you cannot control. It includes your socioeconomic status. It includes your uh, moment of evolution in a temporarily able, abled body, various states of ability or disability that you might be experiencing in your physical form. This is a place that really needs us to consider investments of time and energy and attention, how we're working and what we're working for. And this is a place that is also calling us to reflect upon notions of service, being in service. What are you in service to? What or who do you serve every single day with your habits and your patterns and your small devotions? If you wake up every morning and get lost on your phone, losing time, scrolling the internet, that's a devotion. That's an investment of your energy and attention. That will do something in your body-mind, in your heart consciousness and relational capacity that will be very different than if you wake up in the morning and hold your heart and meditate. So this place in the chart is also very much about personal practices and what we devote ourselves to and the discipline that is required uh, for us to really be successful in our efforts and attempts. The Mercury Kazemi on the first day of Capricorn season at the first degree of Capricorn is bringing a new idea into your body, into your life. I think a lot of you start Capricorn season with a feeling of it's going to be different now. You don't know how exactly. You don't quite know what it's going to entail. I think a lot of you have a lot of ideas. You have speculation. You have fantasy. I think many of you have a lot of enthusiasm. But we are not quite arrived with a new structure for the sixth house yet. Mercury is retrograding back into Sagittarius. And the first week and a half or so of Capricorn season, this retrograde continues in your solar fifth house where Sagittarius lives. The fifth house is very much related to the fifth sign, which is Leo. And the fifth place in the chart is all about authentic personal expression. This is a place of your creative generative energy. This is a place of enthusiasm and vitality. This is a place of your happiness and desires for happiness. This is a place that connects us with childlike energy, including the energy of your inner child or inner children, and including the ways that you connect with childlike energy here on earth, with people who are in their childlike uh, phases, um, with people who are playful, 
spontaneous, creative, etc., with attitudes of innocence and open-minded exploration. So as we begin Capricorn season, I feel that you have a lot of energy. There's enthusiasm, there's hope, there's ideas for the future. I think a lot of you have been working uh, very diligently, very disciplined ways for quite a while now to restructure certain components of your life so that you can experience more liberation, especially in the sixth house terrain. I think a lot of you are looking to open up and get more free in the realms of your uh, reality in the mundane world, your responsibilities, your jobs, your labor. I think many of you have ideas about devotion that you want to be disciplined with because you know that cultivating certain practices over time will serve and support your ideals and intentions. They will serve and support your growth in ways that you want to see happen. But we are in the realm of ideas in December. On December 26th, there is a full moon in Capricorn's opposite sign, Cancer. Now, Cancer is the sign that comes right before yours, and therefore it has a lot to do with where you're coming from. But it holds a place in your chart called the Solar 12th House that is quite invisible. It's really hard to access consciously. This placement of Cancer in Leo's 12th house describes a deep internal sensitivity. Many Leos are wildly sensitive, very perceptive to the vibe of the relational world. They're very sensitive in their inner bodies to their own feelings. We might not always know this from the outside because Leos are also very good at putting on a show and sometimes compartmentalizing, ignoring, avoiding, or even completely uh, dissociating from what they're actually feeling. And so this is a full moon that definitely could turn the volume up on some feelings. The Cancer Capricorn axis resonates with experiences in our lives that have to do with home and family parents, caregivers, uh, our experiences with authority in the world. This is a full moon that is also really activating uh, themes in your chart that have to do with personal liberation, sovereignty, autonomy. You want to differentiate in a lot of ways right now. There is a strong pulse in the Leo charts to move out and move up and move on and do your own thing. That gets real complicated when feelings are involved and especially familial or familiar feelings in relationship. I think that probably a lot of you as we close out the year of 2023 are holding a potent personal process around your feelings and sensitivities in relationship in general, and maybe in particular 
towards relationships that resonate with family or familial potentials. I think that many of you are holding quite a bit of tenderness. And yet there is a life force. There is a heartbeat. There is a, a, a pounding kind of pressing energy in your chart to feel free in some way, to assert your energy. And so this sensation of there's a new possibility out there. My life is going to look a little bit different could also manifest in a little bit of friction, a little bit of rub uh, when it comes to familiar habits and patterns that are relationally anchored. I think a lot of you are needing change, but aren't quite sure yet how to move towards that change. The planet Jupiter stations direct the very last day of the year. Jupiter has been retrograde since September of 2023. Jupiter is currently transiting the sign Taurus, and I'm definitely going to talk more about Taurus uh, as I get into the second half of your 2024 astrology dates and timing. Um, and certainly when we get to Taurus season, we're giving you a lot on Taurus. But for now, let's say that Taurus is one of your sibling signs on the fixed cross. Leo and Taurus are both what are called fixed signs. They're both stubborn. They're both opinionated. They both like it how they like it. Taurus is an important sign for you. It holds the heaven of your chart, the highest point in the chart. This is the place where you are most visible, where you are most out there in the world. We can think of this place in its association to career and vocation, reputation, and any ways that you are engaging in any kind of public. And we can also think of this house as the place of lineage making. Who are you in the world? What kind of idea are you? And what are you crafting here? As Jupiter has been retrograde since September, a lot of you have been in a kind of restructuring uh, process, review process in terms of these themes of being out there in the world, your career, your vocation, what kind of idea you are, what you want to build. There has been a necessary contraction of your own energy during this time. Many of you needed to learn some new things or you needed to integrate some recent learning. As the necessary contraction happened, your energy had to pull back in. Uh, over the last couple of months, the end or last quarter of 2023, it's not that you weren't busy, you were, you had things that you were doing, but there was a, a kind of introversion in that period of time, a feeling of needing to consolidate your energy and reflect upon your growth before you expand more and again. On January 1st of 2024, Mercury stationed direct in Sagittarius at 22 degrees. Now, if your Leo placements are close to 22 degrees, then this was an important station for you. And it definitely aligned with your Leo placements in ways that are probably 
uh, pretty helpful and maybe very palpably felt. Whether or not your Leo placements are around 22 degrees, this is an important station because Mercury is traveling through a fellow fire sign and in your fifth house, the house that is associated with Leo kinds of vibes. Mercury station direct uh, is a symbol of a period of time in which we have reorganized our thinking structures somehow and now are able to move forward mentally, conceptually, maybe physically or in our plans. Uh, Mercury retrograde seasons happen three times a year and they are seasons that are really well spent for uh, reflection, for revising, for applying the RE prefix. Uh, life on Earth is cyclical, spiralic, and seasonal. Everybody needs downtime. If we're only moving forward and we're only moving fast, we are going to be really destructive and we'll probably die really fast. Uh, so the way that Mercury moves, and Mercury is a symbol of the mind and the astrological language, the mind and perception, cognition, intelligence, communication. And these are aspects of our beingness that are constantly integrating. We are part of evolution. Life is changing all around us. We're constantly receiving new information. We have to make sense of it. Plans change. Ideas shift. And so when Mercury is retrograde, it's an opportunity to be in that space of change and to not move forward in linear ways, but to engage our evolution in ways that are more cyclical or spiralic. If you enjoyed this season ahead reading and found it supportive, make sure to purchase and download your 2024 year ahead reading now. My year ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sign, with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting the challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and the future, and providing a larger context than my monthly readings can get into. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. So Mercury is stationing direct, and the feeling is, is that the idea of this new experience for your life is settling into your life right now. It feels like uh, you're being empowered by this new idea. You're being motivated and you are ready to move forward. Over the next two weeks or so, Mercury will continue to transit the last degrees of Sagittarius. And on January 13th, Mercury will enter Capricorn. Now, before that, we have Mars entering Capricorn on January 4th. That is today for me as I'm recording for you in the future. Mars is now in Capricorn. It will be there uh, until mid-February. And on January 11th, we have a new moon in Capricorn. So let's go back to Capricorn. This is an important place and we have now a lot of planetary energy moving here we have a new moon and over the course of the rest of Capricorn season we have an uh, applying aspect or a growing aspect conjunction coming together uh, of the sun with the outer planet Pluto and Pluto is currently at the very last degree 
of Capricorn. Every sign has 30 degrees, so Pluto is just hanging out right at the end of Capricorn. Pluto has been here since 2008. Pluto is an outer planet, a transpersonal planet. It takes over 200 years to orbit the sun. That means that it spends somewhere between 14 and 20 years in any sign. It has been in your sixth house since 2008. Pluto in its mythic symbolism brings us into the terrain of the underworld. Pluto is the Lord of the dead, the God of the underworld. In this mythic symbol or archetypal energy, Pluto brings the energy of the underworld wherever it is traveling. Now, life on Earth is also death on Earth. Life eats life. <laughs> death and life go together. They are two sides of the same coin. Human beings have very complex relationships with death. Some cultures have cultivated much more intimacy, comfort, and familiarity with death than others. Some cultures really give themselves to practices of honoring death and being with death, mourning practices, grieving practices. There may be gods and goddesses of the underworld that are exalted, put on altars, and given offerings. I think in large part, people from these kinds of places have a much easier experience with death. Now, I'm recording for you from... Uh, the stolen lands of the so-called United States, which is a place where I grew up. And probably many of you, considering that I'm speaking English, are living in places that, like the United States, have been colonized by uh, European and Christian um, settlers. And I will say that the Christian worldview is uncomfortable with death, highly uncomfortable with death. There is a real big separation between life and death in that worldview. There is an idea that, uh, you know, we have to work really, really hard while we're alive to make sure that we're going to be okay after we die. Ideas of sin and sinners and punishment and heaven and hell and things like that. These ideas do not resonate for me, and I don't agree with them. But take what works and leave the rest. You know, make the meaning that's meaningful for you. But I will say that I think Americans and Westerners um, are not so equipped to be with death. And many of us have been socialized and conditioned to avoid death. And I mean this as a metaphor as well as literally. And so death can come in many different guises. And one of the guises that it comes in is the form of endings. Things end all the time. Western culture uh, doesn't really like endings. There's a lot of idea of permanence in a Western mindset, Western framework. There is a strong attachment to stability and comfort and security and what's known. Death offers none of that. And so for those of us coming from places in our own experiences or 
in the world where we have not really been equipped to work with the underworld, Pluto transits may be highly disturbing. When we are working with Pluto, we have to develop intimacy with the underworld. And that means that we need to embrace the idea of impermanence. Not everything is meant to be. No one lasts forever. Everything is changing. And we don't get control. When we're working with Pluto, we also need to work with the aspects of the underworld that have to do with what is suppressed and repressed. In our psyches and psychology, uh, we are often suppressing and repressing our fears and phobias. Again, uh, lack of skill working with death might be here. A lot of times we are suppressing and repressing our desires. Sometimes we suppress and repress memories, traumas, experiences. There may be innate aspects of our personality and actually big parts of our gifts that we have been taught are unwanted or not okay for some reason, and we have learned to suppress and repress parts of ourselves. And when parts of our psyche and psychology get suppressed and repressed, they become monstrous sometimes. They become compulsive. They manifest in ways that emerge from the underworld unconsciously. And so Pluto will bring us into relationship with the unconscious and suppressed aspects of our psyche. And these aspects are often uh, very young and immature. They are parts of our beings that have not been integrated in our conscious uh, mature and skilled personas. And we also encounter these themes in the world around us. And so wherever Pluto is moving, we are going to encounter the underworld. We're going to encounter forces of killing and death. We'll encounter uh, unconscious, destructive, um, reactive, immature energies in people and institutions and groups. And part of the work that we have to do with Pluto is transformation. And so whenever we're working with Pluto, it serves us very well to uh, get really curious about what's happening underneath this. It serves us really well to engage in transformative alchemy and transformative alchemy requires courage. When we get to know the parts of ourselves that feel monstrous and demonic and possessed, often what we find are parts of ourselves that are lonely, that have been cut off and separated, that have never been known, parts of ourselves that might have so much tenderness, sadness, and grief that needs to be witnessed, and parts of ourselves that actually have an immense amount of generosity and so many gifts to give. So working with Pluto is a process of working through fears and phobias and taboos. It is a process of becoming intimate 
with uh, your own underworld and the underworld of the places um, that Pluto is activating or moving through. Since 2008, Pluto has been moving through Capricorn. Capricorn is a sign that is associated with power in an institutional level. Governance, authority, rules. Capricorn is very much connected, as I mentioned a while ago, with the archetypal parental energies and therefore with anyone who might resonate or parts of ourselves that might resonate uh, with authority in some way. Capricorn in our uh, current cultural zeitgeist is often also very associated with patriarchy and uh, kind of solidity or stability around uh, life and the status quo. I love to think about Capricorn in relationship to the natural world and Earth processes. And where I see Capricorn in the world are in places of old growth, old growth forests, mountain ranges, things like that. When you come into contact with places on Earth where you can feel the age of the place, you feel that you are in a sacred company of elders and ancestors in time. There's so much wisdom that Capricorn brings, and all the zodiacal flavors have their uh, challenges and opportunities, their detriments and their excesses. To have Capricorn in the sixth house, Leo, is to be someone who works hard. People think about Leo a lot with pop psychology and immediately think about showmanship or they think about glamour. They think about, you know, a lion's mane or something like that. Rarely does anybody mention the incredible responsibility of the sun. The sun is Leo's ruling uh, celestial body. Now the sun is the star of the show for sure. It's right at the center. But guess what? If we had no sun, we would have no atmospheric wind. There would be no organization of planetary order and no life on earth at all. The sun is constantly giving. It is always emanating its energy. Leo is like this too. And Capricorn in your sixth house describes a temperament that is always working on some level. Leo identified people feel an enormous amount of responsibility. And a lot of times the responsibility is resonating with some of the themes uh, that are very near and dear to Capricorn that have to do with ambition and success, especially within uh, the status quo or how dominant culture defines uh, success metrics. Since 2008, we have been living through a period of global upheaval. 2008 saw a fall of the big banks and a big recession. There have been numerous social movements and uprisings in these last 15, 16 years that have reflected the toxins of dominant culture and uh, white supremacy, patriarchy, classism, ableism, etc. 
When we think about Capricorn, we can think about what gets built over time by dominant power. In human civilization, we have nation states, we have institutions, we have economies. On Earth, we have mountain ranges. True power, as I talked about in your 2024 overview, true power is relatedness. In the human realm, power is often confused with dominance. In these last 15, 16 years, I think that a lot of you have been working through your confusion about power, especially when it comes to how you labor, how you employ or interact with responsibility, how you come into contact with uh, co-dependencies, particularly when it comes to what can get created or what can get built. Over these last 15 or 16 years, a lot of you have had to uh, literally come to your knees, be brought to your knees in humility and contend with your own ego. This placement and this transit has challenged you remarkably to let go of unhealthy ego structures. You have failed so many times at so many things. And my hope for you is that by 2024, you have really embraced failure as an important part of the creative process. And you are able to see many of those failures, not necessarily as wins or successes, but as teachers, important teachers, maybe even necessary teachers, and that you can feel some kind of gratitude for yourself in the ways that you worked with those failures. Ideally, in 2024, as we're uh, approaching the Sun-Pluto Kazemi of January 20th, you are really embracing your messy, evolving humanness. Ideally, you have learned to work in ways that are sustainable. That means that you are not burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. It means that you uh, have not only recognized, but really internalized that your body is a body, not a machine. In 2024, I hope that you are so excited to let go of certain kinds of responsibilities because you've recognized that these particular kinds of responsibilities keep you isolated and unhappy. And I really hope that you are looking for opportunities to share labor and also to share the fruits of the labor. Many hands make light work, is what they say, and I think that many of you are feeling just that. There's a feeling here of maybe taking yourself off a pedestal of some kind, realizing that you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to work ceaselessly and all the time, you don't have to uh, make every single detail the way that you think other people want those details to be. 
And I also hope that in 2024 in Capricorn season, you are feeling a very deep desire to be accountable to your dreams and desires for the future and particularly for the future of your life and what your life will affect beyond your life. The relationships, the networks, the communities, and the future beyond you. I hope that a lot of you are really feeling a deep desire to be accountable to your own spirit, to your heart, and you are actively uh, implementing new ways of being by letting go of old ways of being. You have to do the Pluto process to your own life, and that means killing and composting the attitudes, behaviors, addictions, and habits that keep you wound up and bound up in systems of oppression where and when you can extricate yourself, I hope that you are. Now, I know you're alive in the world, and so it's inevitable that you have to be uh, participating in them. But change happens from within. And so I hope that you are really dreaming of and reflecting on the ways that you can realize in your own bodily existence, in your day-to-day some of the attributes and attitudes and imaginations that you have for the potentials of life on earth. Leo, we need you to dream your biggest dream and include yourself in it. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead. <laughs>